The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're also brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. And next, we're brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? OddsCrowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contests. OddsCrowd gives away hundreds of dollars in weekly contests, including the $100 SGPN exclusive free roll contest, and that's OddsCrowd. And last, of course, do not forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Howdy-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 73, we made it up to already. Um, dedication has nothing to do with number 73, but I obviously have to dedicate it to one of the greatest com- comedic, comedic, yeah, comedic um, exports Canada has ever produced in the late, great Norm MacDonald, gone too soon, R.I.P., all that stuff. So this one's for Norm. Hopefully it's not box office poison. So thank you for coming to the podcast. My name would be Jeff Fox. I would be your host of this year podcast. Some call me Juicy Jeff. Some call me Juicy J. Some call me Shock Juice. You can call me whatever you like as long as you listen to the podcast. And thank you to all of you who have helped us chart. And last time I checked, we were charting in Canada, US, UK, Australia, and Brazil. So thank you for everyone our worldwide family for making that happen. I believe what I just did was is call it what the kids call a humble brag. I made it seem like I was thanking, but really it was just my way of bragging about how amazing this podcast is. But uh, we probably should get right down to it because we have a super amazing 15 fight uh, UFC fight night card coming up that we have to break down. And oh boy, that's, that's exciting stuff. So I probably should bring in my co-host. Um, the prettiest purple belt around is, is what I call him now. Um, the one known as Daniel Gumby Barney Gumble Vreeland. I like I like that that shortened version. Usually there was like a seventy five part intro where I'm I'm fighting uh, Bartosz Slavinsky, but but just the pretty, yes. prettiest prettiest purple belts at the ball is uh, kind of a kind of a nice touch. We are we have a lot of things to cram in this episode, Dan. So there's no time to uh, no time to waste. No time to talk about you wrestling bears growing up or not having TV or anything like that. So you probably I mean, already know. Who Norm McDonald is, or why he was funny to you? I I do love Norm McDonald's first of oh, all. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, he's like one of my uh, one of my favorite comedians of all time. The him telling the moss joke is maybe the, the hardest. I, joke. It's maybe the hardest I've ever laughed. If you've never heard it before, I'm not gonna try to like summarize it here because if I summarize it here, I'm gonna slaughter it because nobody ever has delivered a joke before like Norm MacDonald. Uh, so, yeah, Google the moth joke. Do yourself a favor today. Get yourself a good laugh. 
Um, and if you don't enjoy that sense of humor, uh, me and you probably don't have too much to talk about uh, because Whoa. I I think it's I think it's the the most perfect joke ever told by a, a phenomenal joke teller. So Google Norm McDonald's Norm McDonald's moth joke. Uh, enjoy it. Um, and also too, just like. Him doing the the SNL cold open that time shortly after they fired him is what is comedic genius. He just like put the entire SNL uh, admin on blast uh, after they fired him and then asked him to host it like a year later. Uh, it's great. Yeah, I love Norman. That's Donald. right. You you had uh, NBC growing up. You told us so. So you actually need to do. Uh, you could have watched all that stuff. I guess you were probably too young to watch it at the time though. Yeah, I, I've watched a lot of that in, like, retros, like, especially, yes. like, the Norm Macdonald years were probably a little before my time, but, like, him, I mean, he's, he's we, we talked about Billy Madison on this podcast That's a true. few weeks yeah. ago, he's he's in Billy Madison, he's in that he's, one. Yep. he's freaking hilarious in that for the <laughs> little snippets he's in. Yes, exactly, of course, of course, all right, enough of that nonsense, like I said, oh, hey, got we have- do we have time to talk really quick about how I just absolutely murdered it on Contender Series? Too? Yeah, of course. We're going to talk Contender Series, of course. Okay, okay, because I went five of six this past week. Yeah, well, let's hit a 175 underdog. Let, let's go right into that then. Um, you, as, along with the uh, our um, our inmates on the SGPN Slack channel, they had another good night. Too. They seems like most of them uh, have been really cleaning up with the Contender Series on Tuesday nights. I don't know if. Do you think the odds are off, or what's what's the deal? Because people seem to be really, really raking raking in the dough. And case in point, you five five and one last night. Yeah, and and the one I missed too, I, I will say, is one that I I recognized I was probably picking the losing fighter, but I thought it was way closer to a coin flip. And the person who I thought might possibly probably have more of a likelihood of losing was plus three hundred. So I was like, ah, I'll give him a shot, and he looked good on the feet until he got mauled. So uh, you totally hedged. You totally hedged and picked both fighters in that fight. So yeah, that's it, I, I very <laughs> this much, guy's gonna win, but bet on this guy. Yeah. So <laughs> you know that that being the lone loss, the one where I was hedging and and kind of liked the underdog. Uh, I'm fine with that. But to answer your your further question, I don't think the odds have been way off on a lot of these fights. I think the beauty of the matchmaking on the contender series is we're seeing a lot of close odds. So, like, yeah. you know, take, for instance, Jack Della Maddalena uh, beating Angelusa. You know, he's betting off at, like, negative 125, which is, you know, was a great number for him because, as he showed, his boxing was incredible. Um, yeah. Jasmine Jazuda Vicious, you know, you could have gotten plus money on her when we recorded. She did get bet all the way into the negative, but you could have gotten plus money on her early. You know, I picked her. She won. Like, again, that was a tight fight, though. So, like... You get where the odds were. I think they were lined fine. The only one I will say that was lined terribly was the main event where I was yeah. all over Jelton Jr. at, like, plus 175. And, man, dude, did he look like he could be – you know, I, I don't know how closely you watched it, if it was just not in the background or it had your full attention. I feel like he could be top 15 light heavyweights right now, like today. Yeah, I saw – we had a big storm last night, and the satellite went out, of course, during the main event. So I saw, like, the first couple minutes of it. Um, so so I, I didn't see the finish, but he, he definitely – I think I might have seen the full first round. But, yeah, he, he definitely uh, looked long and strong and a very good, very good fighter, basically, in all aspects of it. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he definitely looks like a nice how, – how old is he? Is he a young for light heavyweight or what? I think he's a young light heavyweight. I want to say he's in his, like, late 20s. But let me get back to you on that because – uh, light, light heavyweights have a 
Oh, he's 30. He's 30. That's that's young okay. in light heavyweight terms. He's probably like the fifth yep. youngest guy in the division. But like, yeah, he he's you're right. Super long, six four, yep. seventy nine inch reach. So he's got these really long, gangly long arms. And man, dude, he looked like a beast on the mat. It wasn't even yeah. the stand up that he got things done. He was taking down a guy who described himself like Habib, um, and he basically got out Habibed by the Brazilian. So. Yeah, I'm excited about Jelton Jr. I'm really excited about Jack Della Maddalena because I thought his yep. fight was not just – it was not just a good performance for him, but it was – my God, it was nonstop action, which is a, a really fun kind of fighter to watch. Right. Um, and what's the deal with Mo Miller being being the only fighter this season who won his fight and didn't get a contract? So I would say if you go back to seasons one or two, even season three – and Mo Miller puts on that kind of performance, he doesn't get a contract, right? Like yeah. that that type of performance when this show started was not good enough for one. But also, neither was like seven of the guys who have won contracts in the last two weeks, yeah. right? Like that, yeah. like Lucas Brezsky shouldn't have won a contract either by by those standards, right? And I get yeah. it, he's a heavyweight, but my God, did he just like punch a guy who like enjoyed being punched in the head? Like, and he's not no, really heavyweight. Well, I guess I yeah. guess he light heavyweights too, so. Anyway. Yeah, like you, yeah, he's like a a very light heavyweight who wasn't cruiserweight. Yeah, yeah, and then you signed him. Um, and then like I, I mean, like I talked about the week before. I thought it was just criminal some of the people they signed the week before. Yeah. Um, well, you know, one guy who I thought had lost, I didn't think he had even won his fight. Um, I do believe he was Canadian. Uh, mm, Chad, yes, Chad, he was. Chad and Helliger. I wouldn't have signed him. I wouldn't have signed Simon Oliveira. You know, and and they just keep snatching all of these guys up. So it was weird to see that Mo Miller was finally the straw that broke the camel's back, and they were like, "No, not this guy." Uh, yes to losers, but not to Mo Miller. Uh, but the good news is he's only six and zero. He's a young guy. He'll yeah. get his wins. He'll get his wins, and you'll see him back in there in a second. Is it a Stipe, a Stipe thing? Because they seem to never get along very well with Stipe. Do you think? I don't know. Take that. I don't know if you heard when he was doing the uh, the selection. You know how he talked. No, about, no, it, yeah, I oh, cut man, out, so I missed all of it's that. It's funny he actually brought up Stipe. For for those of you who didn't see it, it was great. He was like, Stipe's been hitting me up and telling me about this guy, telling me he's great, and he's like, Yeah, he's just not ready yet. And then he just like, Yeah, I'm like, right, man. Yeah, it, it very much could have been a Stipe little jab, but like also, like I said, like previously, Mo Miller would not have done enough. Like he looked no. good wrestling. He didn't look great striking. Uh, he, he, you know, he smacked the uh, Lewis around a little bit here and there, but like he would have had to been way more active upon hitting the ground to get a decision that's mostly wrestling based in any other contender series season. I was surprised that this season he didn't get it though. Yeah, you got to be a killer. You got to be a killer. So, uh, putting a bow on it, who who are you most excited about coming off of last night's show Jelton for the future? Jelton yeah, Jelton yeah, like. I probably will be more excited to see Jack Della Maddalena fight, but not because I think he's the second coming of Christ. Uh, it's mostly just because I think he's going to be one of those guys who, like, no matter who they're fighting, when they're fighting, you, like, want to watch them fight. Yeah. Um, sure. And uh, – but Jelton Jr. in terms of, like, dude, this guy could turn heads right now. Like, put it this way. I would say if you put him in a fight with – Johnny Walker tomorrow. Uh, no rest. He just turns around and fights Johnny Walker. 
I have to sit and think about who wins that fight. I don't automatically pick a top what what is Johnny Walker ranked like 11th or 12th in the UFC's yeah, rankings? Right I don't immediately pick a top 10 to 15 type guy over this dude right now. I might think about taking the guy who literally just won a contract. So what's what's the ceiling for him? Do you think? Is I, he I championship think, in light I heavyweight. Think, I think he could be championship material. I I would have to see more of him striking because it does seem like. You know, anybody who's going to win in the heavyweight division has to be able to turn your lights freaking off. And if you look back at his most recent records, he's mostly like taking guys down and subbing them with arm triangles or rear naked chokes. So, you know, there, there could possibly be a ceiling there if he runs into somebody like a Stipe or like somebody who can stuff takedowns. Um, but man, like his grappling game is so good. Uh, and you just don't get that in heavyweight anymore. Like, I can't remember the last time we were talking about a guy who, like, his pure jiu-jitsu was as good at heavyweight. Because that's just, He's like, not a – Or light heavyweight, rather. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just, like, not a light heavyweight trait. Or it's no. not a heavyweight trait. It's neither of the big no. divisions do we see guys who are, like, jiu-jitsu aces. Like, Jacare came up from 85, but he really wasn't ever a 205-er. You know, heavyweight had Frank Mir. But, like, you don't see those guys who can, like – whose first thing they want to go to is jujitsu and you haven't seen him in a while and you got it in Jelton Jr. at light heavyweight. So that's really exciting. Yep. Another good night of contender series in the books um, for action and, and for money um, also because uh, people seem to clean up on it. Um, all right. So we should probably move this train along. Choo choo. Who says things like that? Do I sound like someone, Dan? You sound like Shockwave. Yeah. Exactly. My, my Shock- other host. My other host. <laughs> His other family. Um, so I, did you see that Mr. Joe Jitsu, uh, Joseph Benavides, has retired? I know I retirement did. means nothing, but he actually um, removed himself. He removed himself from the testing pool. So I, I take that more seriously because then it's a lot more work to actually come back because you have to actually be in the what, testing pool for three months or six months or whatever it is. So maybe I, I he really is retired. I think it's for real. He he yeah. contemplated it for a while. And like his thing was always like, I'm this close to another shot. I'm this close to another shot. He's not, he's not close to another shot again anymore. Um, yeah. he, he's like, like, he's like three maybe. to five years away from a shot. Like <laughs> he's like that kind of run. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So anyhow, he was uh fun. Well lasted. He, he had a, a, a awesome run, but he wasn't, he was a champ. In no promotion was he didn't win belts anywhere, did he? Did I don't he not, think. Not win no. a, he didn't no, win he a WBC belt no, either, I, huh? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, that's crazy. Good, good career, regardless. Of, yeah, he, yeah, he's one of those guys that'll be on one of those lists. Best fighter to, to have never won a championship for sure. So. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, yeah, he's probably like number one on that list right away. Yep. Very well could be, for sure. All right, um, before we move on, let me tell you about WinBet. Are you ready to win money? Of course you are. And boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and parlays. Uh, sorry, payouts. Make that are happening right now at WinBet from Boosted Parlays, there's that word, uh, to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. That's right, $1,000 risk-free. Download Bet and Win 
Download the WinBet app today or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. winning. 3000 bucks Can't beat that. Um, maybe before we get to UFC, um, I want to talk quickly about Bellator's got an event this weekend, Bellator 266. Do you have any quick thoughts on Phil Davis, Yoel Romero main event? I, I don't. Good. Um, Perfect. Most, Who's going to win, Dan? I, I think probably Yoel Romero, but it feels like we've it's been a really long time since we've seen him. Oh. Um, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. You also have on that fight card, uh, probably the most exciting fight on there is a lightweight fight between a guy who should be an ultimate fighter champion and, uh, like, a guy fighting out his contract in hopes of going to the UFC. So uh, that's that? kind of fun. With Georgie Kar- Karakian, oh, yeah. right. um, yes. who is on his last fight of his UFC – or his uh, Bellator career, rather. Yeah. Um, he's coming off of two straight wins um, where he's looked pretty good, three out of four. His only losses in his last five fights are to A.J. McKee and Miles Jury. And the Miles Jury one was a split, kind of questionable. Um, and he's fighting should be – uh, Ultimate Fighter Champion Saul Rogers, which is uh, going to be a fun one. There's Dan and his revisionist history again. So, well, no, um, he, do you do you remember Saul Rogers should have been fighting? Uh, uh, who the hell was he? Was supposed to fight um, Artem Lobov for the Ultimate Fighter finale title. Um, he couldn't get a visa into the U.S. because he's from England because he had some like sketchy criminal past. He hadn't revealed it to the UFC, so they got pissed off, released him, never gave him a fight. And then Ryan Hall came in and just uh, as a replacement who had already lost to okay, Saul yeah, Rogers yeah. and beast moded Artem Lobov. So who's to, who's to say Saul Rogers wouldn't have easily handled Artem Lobov? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So uh, the pick then is Yoro Romero at plus 115? I think for so. Plus money. I, I think so. I mean, like I've never – Never really been in on Phil Davis if I didn't truly believe he could take somebody down 40 times. And he well, was a pretty good wrestler. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. And doesn't matter how old he is, he still is a scary, scary man. So, all right. I guess I've have I killed enough time. We have to get to this rip roaring card, I guess. Uh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna have fight. to fly through it. <laughs> we're going to have to fly through it because it's 15 fights. That's just what we want. Uh, 15 fights. Um, Dan does. I don't know if anybody else does, but Dan does. UFC Fight Night, Smith versus Span. Uh, we're probably going to call it UFC Vegas 37. That's where you'll see it. Uh, it called on the interwebs mostly. Um, UFC Apex, as per usual, Saturday night, as per usual, start time. Actually, it's not, not a night time. This is an afternoon show. Four um, o'clock. Four o'clock, yeah. Prelims are at four, right? And then the main card's at seven is what I have both on ESPN Plus, and we're talking Easter time there. So they think they can get all those prelims fights done in three hours. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see because we've got what uh, ten prelim uh, ten prelim fights in the card. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a lot of these are one of these fights just got made last minute. Also, they uh, they couldn't have a fight fall off the card. No, they had to find a replacement right away. But anyhow, um, let's start off women's flyweights. Emily Whitmire versus Hannah Goldie. I believe. Whitmire has been on the Top Turtle podcast. Has Goldie been on the podcast too? She has not, but Whitmire has. Spitfire Whitmire. Whitmire has. T- yes, she used to talk about fighting in bars and stuff. In, yeah, uh, she, she in fought, events and um, bars when she was. She fought Lisa Ellis 
uh, in a grappling yes. match in the middle of a bar, uh, having never trained a day of jiu-jitsu, wrestling, or MMA in her life. Uh, and Lisa Ellis, for those who don't remember, pretty much a beast. Um, yeah. Former UFC fighter Lisa Ellis. Yep. Wasn't Is she not Canadian also? I think she might be. So she used to her, – her maiden name was Lisa Ward. I don't know if that helps or it means anything no. to anybody. Because then she married other UFC fighter, Fastel Yellis. Um, who is also on the Ultimate Fighter, but yeah, she might be Canadian. She was nice, so maybe she's Canadian. <laughs> Probably. All right. Um, Dan makes it all about top, uh, all about the Ultimate Fighter once again, nonstop. Every episode, it's the Ultimate Fighter. Whitmire was on the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> there you go. Spitfire. We got Spitfire Whitmire and Queen of Sparta, Goldie. I'll go with Spitfire Whitmire. That's fun to say. Way better. Uh, Way better. All right, let's break it down now. Oh, Goldie's also 24K, which is uh, an okay nickname also. Um, she is 5-2 and two with one knockout. She's never been finished in a fight. She's 0-2 in the UFC. She's 1-0 on the Anyway Contender Series. That's how she got into the big show. She's taking this fight on short notice. She's twice more active on the feet than Whitmire is. Um, lands strikes twice. Two times more strikes per minute, per 15 minutes per fight, however you want to break it down, than Whitmire does. And she's at plus 100, so even money for her. Spitfire Whitmire, four and four with one submission. Uh, she has been tapped out herself four times. So all, of her, all of her losses have come via submission. Um, she's two and three in the UFC. She's lost her last two, and both of them have come via submission, because that's the only way she, that she's lost in her career. Her last fight was last summer, August 2020. She, as Dan says, she was on the Ultimate Fighter where she went one and one. She's got an inch of height, two inches of reach. Grappling stats in her favor, minus one twenty-five. Regardless of who you pick here, I say you pick this fight is going the distance. I think that's that's the safe bet. And then we'll see what Dan thinks on on who who uh, he and maybe me will pick to actually win the fight. I'm not positive I do like it by the distance. I'm gonna say really? that ahead of time. Yeah, mostly we because... have one finish, both of them. Yeah, but mostly because I um, I think Hannah Goldie is going to be brought into a portion of this fight that she is not going to like. Um, yeah. You know, like if you look at her two UFC fights, which neither of them have looked really good, she fought two women who were willing to stand and trade with her the whole time, Deanna Belbita and Miranda Granger. She's not fighting that here. She's fighting somebody who wants to take her to the ground and rip her head off. Um, and you're right, Whitmire hasn't done that a lot, but look at the names of the people Whitmire has fought. So, like, if you go back to when she was on The Ultimate Fighter, she fought Roxanne Matafari, Jillian Robertson, um, Jamie Moyle and Alexandra Abu a little bit less, although Abu is, was, was largely seen as a good prospect. Then Amanda Hebos and Pollyanna Viana. Like, she has fought some killers. And her, her pro debut was against Emily Ducote, who, you know, not for anything, is the Invicta champ now. Um, so, like, yep. she has fought an amazing run of fighters. So the fact that she doesn't have – a submission on her record or, uh, you know, many finishes on her record. She has one on the ultimate fighter, Christina Marks, and then she does have Albu and like Albu might be the worst fighter she's fought since she's come to the UFC. Like to be fair. And I don't know that Goldie is better than Albu, especially because Goldie likes to like use her big muscles to bully people and put them up against the cage and be the tougher fighter. And like, I just don't think she's like as technically sound as, uh, Whitmire here, and I think Whitmire puts her on her back and kind of just controls her any way she wants. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be shocking to me though, just to say you know Goldie could possibly put herself in a bad position and get subbed. Uh, 
Okay. The, uh, I'll go Whitmar decision. Dan's going Whitmar submission, maybe, if you I, want some extra dough. I'm, like, I'm like Whitmire here just as, like, a plain pick. But then, like, yeah. yes, I, I would consider, if I was going to look for a prop, I bet you the prop for her to get a submission, and we'll talk about it at the end, is is very large. So yeah. um, I, I like her to win, period. And then if I was going to mess with a prop, that's probably what I'd mess with. All right, messing with props. Uh, Bantamweights, Gustavo Lopez. Healy Alatang. Um, Gustavo does not have a nickname. Gustavo's a pretty good name to, be, to begin with. Uh, Alatang is the Mongolian knight. Um, let's break her down, shall we? We'll go with Lopez first. 12 and 6, 5 knockouts, 6 submissions. He has been KO'd himself three times, so half of his losses have come via knockout. He is 1 and 2 in the UFC. He swapped losses, loss, win, loss over his, uh, his three fight reign there. He got KO'd in his last fight. He also fought in Bellator, where he was 1-0. He also fought in Combate America, where he was the champion in Bantamweight, uh, the Bantamweight division. Um, what else can I tell you about him? He's got an inch of reach over Alatang, and he's plus 100, so another even money fight. Uh, before we started recording, Dan mentioned how close the odds are. This is um, There's a whole lot of close fights on this card. So we're um, going to put that out there in case we blow all our picks this week. It's because um, it's just too close to call. But we're on a hot street, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna try, try to keep her going. All right, Alatang, fourteen eight and one with four knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out himself three times. Also, he's two and one in the UFC. He lost his last fight after winning his first two. He also was in one championship where he won his lone fight there. He used to fight at flyweight. He's up at bantamweight um, now. He's two years younger, more active striker, minus one twenty five. I'm leaning Alatang, but I can always be persuaded, Dan. <laughs> that's, you your, persuade your, me? that's your kind way of saying I'm going to trail you on this pick. Um, Maybe. If, if you're going to trail me on this pick, you got to switch because I'm going to go with really? Gustavo Lopez. Yeah. Okay, and tell me couple, why. And I'll for a couple of reasons here. So, first of all, if you looked at Haile Alatang's last fight versus his first two, you went from a guy who loved to wrestle and was largely making his, you know, making hay by, by wrestling all the time. And then he fights Casey Kenny, who, first of all, can wrestle a little bit. But, like, Alatang didn't even look interested in wrestling. He looked interested in being kicked in the ribs 450 times. It didn't even – it looked like it never crossed his mind that, hey, maybe I shouldn't get kicked in the ribs anymore. Um, and that, to me, is, first of all, alarming because it seems to be a, a flaw in his fight IQ and his ability to, you know, take the fight where he needs to, and he just kind of sticks to a strict game plan. Plus, I really don't like the way he strikes. Um, he seems to wait for somebody to throw big bombs and try to counter him. And Gustavo Lopez is going to throw those big bombs. However, Gustavo Lopez puts lights out with those big bombs. Like, if you if you look back to his his time in Kabache, like, he he throws big punches. And, you know, you mentioned he's one and two, and you mentioned he's got some losses before he came to the UFC. Look at who those losses are, too. Like, in the UFC, he's lost to Adrian Yanez, who's 3-0 and and just had an amazing career striking. He lost to Marab Devalishvili in his debut. That's right. They gave him Marab yep. Devalishvili in his debut. It's one of the most criminal things I've seen. Then you look at his fights on the on the and Kabache or King of the Cage or wherever else he lost fights. Andre Ewell, uh, John Castaneda, th- those guys both UFC guys. And the only other one I can see here is is Jose Alde, who was just on the Contender Series looking really good. So he's only fought really high level competition, and he actually came back and knocked out Jose Alde with one of those big aforementioned punches. So I, I just really like his punching power in this fight. I think 
Alatang doesn't wrestle enough or as much as he should. And even if he does here, I, I don't know that he has enough success against Lopez that he avoids that big blow later on in the fight. Well, obviously, Lopez is the pick. That's, that's what I said all along. So. <laughs> Gustavo Lopez. It's plus money, too. So you sold me. Fine. Sold. Let's see, see if you can do any selling in the next one. Uh, Waterweights. Impa Kasangane. Yes, Carlson. I was hoping you'd trip up on that one. Yeah. <laughs> versus Carlston Harris. Say Impa's nickname, Dan. Tishilo, uh, Tishilo, Tishilo, no, Shilobo. It's just Shilobo. You don't and say the Harris is, Say Harris's nickname. Um, is it Mozambique? Mo- Mozambique, yes, you're right. Which yeah. one do you like best? What I, I like Shilobo. Yeah, um, it sounds yeah. cool. He, he told All me right. the story behind it one time, too. It's a Congolese word that means, uh, or a Congolese dialect, rather, um, that means uh, he who is under God or warrior under God or something like that. Okay, yeah, that's a winner for sure. All right, uh, we'll break down Harris first. Uh, 16 and four, four knockouts, five submissions. One and only UFC, he won via submission. He's won four straight fights. He's got an inch of height interbreach on Kasanganang, and he's uh, plus 100. Kasangane is a great name to say, Kasangane. <laughs> it has sang right in it, and you can sing it when you say it. Tishilobu. Tishilobu is a good one to say, too. He is nine and one uh, with three submissions. See, he's one of those guys, or in my head, I think he's a knockout artist, and he's never knocked anybody out. He's one of those. There's people like that, like Brad Tavares. I think the same thing, but he doesn't knock people out either. That's no, strange, I, just, I don't. I don't think that about Brad Tavares, but I get what you mean about Abe Kasangane. <laughs> yeah, just seems that way. Um, but no, three submissions, no knockouts. He's two and one in the UFC. He has swapped wins, loss, win. Uh, he did win via submission his last fight. He was he had two kicks of the can on the Dana White Contender Series and won both those fights. He's seven years younger, three times more active striker, minus 125. Uh, I'll ride with him. Um, big age difference, act more active striker, and I, I think he's better unless Dan convinces me otherwise. No, I agree with you on this one. The, for yes. me, for me, the big reason why I like Kasangane in this fight is because Carlton Harris might be a little bit better of a grappler. Um, yeah. Like, I think his submission skills are probably even a little bit better than Kasangade's. The difference is, is I don't think he can wrestle Impa, especially with Impa coming down to 170, where he's going to be bigger, he's going to be stronger. And, you know, because he's fought a couple of those other fights up at 185, although I think the Sasha Platnikov fight was still at 170. Um, but he, he's bigger and he's stronger in that division. And the improvements he made last time with Sanford MMA – in all facets of the game, whether it be wrestling or, or, you know, cleaning up his striking, which was already pretty damn clean. I just think he's going to be too much for Carlson Harris everywhere else. So yeah, I like him in this one and I probably like him to win by decision. Cause like you said, he hasn't knocked anybody out and I don't think subbing Carlson Harris is a real possibility. Yeah. Nope. Makes sense to me. Um, also makes you know also makes sense to me using prop swap because we're brought to you by prop swap America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, alert to a rewards program that turns sales into extra cash, and much more. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to five hundred dollars. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your money doesn't your bet, excuse me, doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bet or bets plural, always make sure to go two for two, go for two, which means make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. 
Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets and PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. And we got a new sponsor, Keeps. Welcome aboard, Keeps. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions. Discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps has more than five star more has more five star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP to get your first month free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash sgp that's a lot of spelling for me i'm worn out now all right um a let's move on to a a fight that dan a actually a debut that we're, we're both looking forward to here in the women's flyweight division aaron blanchfield would be the fighter in question and she's fighting uh the jake paul backed sarah alper um we got cold-blooded blanchfield and too sweet alper Hmm. They're both great nicknames. Too sweet. I would say, yeah, I would say for me, if we're picking the best nickname out of this pair, I think you got to go with too sweet because I think it's better fitting for her demeanor. Yes. Because uh, cause while Aaron Blanchfield's submission skills, as we're about to talk about, are cold-blooded, she's are. also like kind of like a cheery fighter. She doesn't seem all that cold-blooded, whereas Sarah Alpar is very sweet. She's like one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed. Could be secretly Canadian. She's not, but you never know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe somewhere, somewhere in her bloodline, she's Canadian. It, if she's funny, also, then that's definitely then she's definitely Canadian. All right, let's, let's break let's break her down, shall we? Uh, too sweet. Uh, she's nine and five with two knockouts, two submissions. She's only won the UFC. She got TKO'd in her fight. Uh, that was way. That was uh, almost exactly a year ago, September 2020. Uh, she was one on the Contender Series. She used to fight at bantamweight this one's down at flyweight she's at plus 240 and she famously started a gofundme uh, campaign so she could actually train like a professional athlete like she actually is instead of trying to live off the ten thousand bucks she made off her one ufc fight and triller and jake paul stepped up and gave her a bunch of money so um, that's why i said she's jake paul backed um aaron blanchfield she's cold-blooded as mentioned um, she would have, uh, Dan mentioned this, uh, I think it was off air. Everything's a blur now, but she would have made our uh, top fighters under 25 list if she had made her UFC debut um, when we did that podcast last week because she is cold-blooded and good. She's 6-1 and one with two knockouts, one submission. She's never been finished in a fight. This is her debut. She has extensive experience already. She's 4-1 and one in Invicta, basically the biggest women's uh, fighting organization in the world. Uh, she's won three straight fights. She is a BJJ champion. She won the Eddie Bravo Invitational against a bunch of killers. Uh, you can actually read about that on MMA-Manifesto.com. A wise person wrote an article on Aaron Blanchfield, why she will be the breakout star of this uh, prelims on Saturday. Um, what else can I tell you about her? Three inches reach, eight years younger, because she's, what, 20? How old is she, 22, 23, I think, something like that? 22. Yeah, 22, yes. She's a baby. Mine is 325. Um, big number, but I will take her. Yeah, I, I think this is a kind of an easy one. Alper coming down to 125 is at least intriguing to me. Like, I, I'm yep. interested to see how she looks, because I always think she looked 
kind of outsized up at Bantamweight. Um, so she's going to look a little bit more fit for this division. And, and it'll be interesting to see how she did it, too. You know, did she get yep. you know, really strong? Did she add muscle in, in addition to dropping off some of the fat? Like, it, it'll be fascinating to me. But Blanchfield is a, a prospect I've been really high on. Um, I didn't like the fact that they originally had her debuting at 135 against Norma Dumont, who had fought all the way up at 45. Um, luckily, that fight fell off, so she can take a real debut here at 25. But her, like you said, her grappling is incredible. Um, she's found a way to mix them together. She's been fighting as an amateur since she was 18. Um, she won Eddie Bravo Invitational when she was 18 against people like, you know, Talia Alencar and Fithian Davis, who are like, Two very good women's grapplers, and granted, it was a little while ago, so I'm not even sure Fithian was a black belt at that time, but uh, Blanchfield was only a purple belt at that time, and she won one of the bigger jiu-jitsu tournaments that existed at that time, so um, props to her. She's a great grappler, and I think, too, she's a nightmare matchup for Alpar because Alpar likes to get in close range, try to get it, make it real messy, try to like maybe push you up against the cage, score takedowns that way. It doesn't even matter if she's on top of Blanchfield. She doesn't want to be on the ground with Blanchfield. And, like, Alpar's striking is, is kind of not where it needs to be in order to, right. uh, you know, make that her, her modus operandi for for her fight career. So, yeah, I, I just think, like, it's unfortunate because Alpar wants this fight in the one place I feel like there's no chance of beating Aaron Blanchfield. Um, so, yeah, I like Aaron Blanchfield here. I would also... You know, we'll talk a little bit about props later on, but I will be searching for an Aaron Blanchfield subprop for sure. And despite outweighing her by what, 80 pounds, you said you think she would tap you out. Oh, Aaron Blanchfield? Or or Sarah Alpar? Yes, sorry. No, you said Aaron Blanchfield was. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, no, I think. I think her, her submission <laughs> skills would tab me out. She she trains with like the Henzo Gracie team in the Blue Base. Yeah. Pit. She's like she she is the real deal when it comes to grappling. Anybody who wins an Eddie Bravo Invitational deserves to have you know a lot of respect on that name. Never mind doing it when you're 18 years old against some like real superstars. So if she fought Bartosz Fabinski, she would like rip his limbs off him, right? She would definitely choke him with a guillotine when he <laughs> shot a sloppy double leg takedown. Because that seems to just be what happens to that poor guy. <laughs> Also, I will note that you took Bartosz Favinsky in the aforementioned fight where we're talking about loving Bartosz Favinsky and thinking I could beat him. And I took, I took. Do you remember who beat him? No, you. Was it you? No, it was my man. It was my man Gerald Mearshart who continuously. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. He's yeah, he's that guy. Um, All right, let's move to bantamweight, shall we? Uh, Montel Jackson versus J.P. Bays. Even though it's uh, it's spelled buys, I know it's Bays. Dan taught me that. You nailed it. I did. So we got Quick Jackson misspelled Q U I K versus Young Savage. I don't like either of them. I like Quick Montel Quick Jackson. Even though it's spelled wrong, come on, Dan. He was trying to spell it too quick. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Very good. (laughs) Very good. Very good. You must be. You must be secretly Canadian, also. Almost right. Close to the yeah. border, yeah, we're cool. living in the woods. You may as well be Canadian. Um, all right. The Young Savage is 9-3. and three. That would be base. 9-3 and three with three knockouts, five submissions. So he is a finisher for a lightweight dude, um, a lighter weight dude. Make that. Uh, he's been knocked out himself twice and submitted once. So all of his losses have come via a finish. He is 0-1 in the UFC. He got TKO'd. He was 1-1 in the Contender Series. This, he's taking this fight on short notice. He usually fights at flyweight, so he's taking this, probably taking this one up um, at bantamweight so he doesn't have to cut as much weight or any weight 
Um, he is four years younger, plus four ten. Um, and his family is fifty thousand dollars richer because his wife won the bonus last time she fought a few months back. Uh, Jackson ten and two, six knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. He is four and two in the UFC. He's won four of his last five. He won his last fight via TKO. He did miss weight in the past, though. Um, he's 1-0 and on the Contender Series. He used to fight at lightweight and featherweight. Um, so this one's at bantamweight. So he's definitely going to be the bigger man. Five, uh, five inches of height, eight inches of reach. Plus, uh, guarantee he's going to be he's going to weigh a bunch more when it comes to fight night. More, He's got the better striking stats, and he's a more active striker. Better grappling stats. He's basically a slam dunk pick here, but he's minus 600, but I'll take it regardless. Yeah, I, I, I'm i upset that he's that large of a favorite. And yeah, me too. We couldn't give him earlier, but, like, this is as easy as a pick as exists on this card. No offense to Bays, he's fighting a guy who who is so much bigger than him, so much longer than him, isn't taking this fight on short notice because, you know, Montel Jackson was supposed to fight Dana Batgarel. It, it is just, like... Uh, does a phenomenal job of stuffing wrestling and forcing people into his realm. And, and like base, that's exactly what base is going to try to do as a shorter, less good grappler. I, I mean, Montel Jackson should demolish him here. There you go. Easy pick. Um, moving, which means we're going to be wrong. Uh, moving on. A couple of newcomers, lightweights, Nicholas Mata versus, or is it Mota? Mota, I think it's Mota. Mota. Mota versus Mota versus Cameron Van Camp. Um, we got Iron Mota versus the Invader Van Camp. That's the nickname you saw for Van Camp because I've I, seen. I saw the he, Invader, also, you, he also sometimes goes by like the human highlight reel. I think I saw. No, something different. You're getting your fight. He's coming up next. Don't worry. That's oh no, no, you're nice. right. That is a different guy. Sorry, I, I, don't I got that one mixed the, up. The human highlight reel is coming please. up. Well, just, yeah. just, just hold, please. Dominic Wilkins is coming up. Dominique Wilkins. So anyhow. Um, Invader versus Iron Moda. What does Iron Moda mean? I mean, Iron and then his last name? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like Iron go, Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't know if I like either of these nicknames. I'm going to pass. Um, all right. Uh, the Invader with Van Camp. Uh, what can I tell you about him? He's taking this. This is his debut. He's taking it on short notice. So that is not a good thing. Let's, let's check the stats. Uh, late replacement. They're winning up 40% rate at this point uh, since 2020, 49 and 72. So very, a very not good uh, rate of uh, winning, I guess. That's kind of English what I said. He's 15-5-1 with one no contest. He's got four knockouts, nine submissions. So he is a finisher. That's one thing going for him. He's won four straight fights. That's another thing going for him. He's five inches taller. Hey, that's another thing going for him. Um, I don't know the reach advantage cause, uh, or, or disadvantage because I don't have his reach listed anywhere um he's at plus 260 iron Mota, 12 and 3 eight knockouts he's also a finisher two he's been knocked out himself twice and submitted once so all of his losses come via via finish this is also his debut he came in via the contender series where he won he's won three straight fights minus 280 i'll go with another big favorite here at uh with iron Mota. Yeah, I'm going to take Moda here, too. I think the difference for me in this one is that Van Camp, uh, he probably has some pretty decent wrestling and maybe even has, like, a wrestling advantage. But when it hits the mat, I don't know that he's a better submission specialist or does better there. So, like, it might behoove him to stay on the feet. And I think Moda hits harder, too. So, like, pretty much all I see that Van Camp has is the ability to take the fight anywhere. And I 
don't think he has an advantage anywhere. So, like, what do you do if that's the case? Um, and, and the short notice thing bothers me as well. You know, Moto was preparing for Jim Miller. So if this guy comes in and has some decent wrestling, well, guess what? He's been preparing for Jim fucking Miller. Uh, so if the UFC was ready to put a guy making his debut up against Jim Miller, I think a guy on short notice is probably not going to give him too many problems, especially because he might go in with, like, a Jim Miller-esque game plan here too, which is – you know, means that Moda has basically been preparing for a better version of Van Camp. Jim Miller's parents gave him that nickname for real. Uh, that middle name? That middle Jim name? fucking Miller? Yeah, wow, Jim he, fucking Miller. That's, Do you know this is the first time he's had to back out of a fight in 50 yes, fights? 50, yes, that's yeah. why I like Jim Miller. That's one of the many reasons to like Jim Miller. Um, there's also many reasons to like PixWise and also to like my segues. PixWise is the number one app for sports betting picks helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, props, make that, and parlays, you can find in-depth analysis on every game, all for free. Found your pick, search the latest sportsbook promotions to sign up an account, compare the odds, and finally place your bet. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. PixWise backs Responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. G-A-M-B-L-E-R. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win. Up to 10 times your money. Prize Picks is the only way I play. Um, can I give you an example? Um, I don't even know who's playing in baseball tonight, but basically... Um, for baseball, usually the props are set at for batters set at one and a half, meaning they were going to get more. Uh, you're betting on whether they're going to get more than two or more than one. Make that uh, hits plus walks. So if a guy gets a hit and a walk, then it's over. If he just gets one hit and it's an under, that type of thing. So if you if you nail three of those over unders and you bet twenty bucks, that would be called the power play option. You win a hundred bucks. That's so five times your money. Pretty good deal, if you ask me. So um, this here's another even better deal for you. Use promo code SGP to receive a hundred percent instant deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. That's prize pick, prize picks promo code SGP. I'm bungling all the ads today, even worse than normal. Um, <laughs> who should we, let's move on to the human highlight reel, shall we? Um, stepping in at as of today, he stepped into this fight. This would be lightweights. We lost Dakota Harry Bush, sadly. I had lots of good material for that. But um, instead, we get <laughs> what's Brandon, the human high rate, highlight reel Jenkins versus Zhu, Zhu Rong, whose name, maybe one name, maybe two names. Could be Rong Zhu. It uh, depends how we want to say it. Um, all right. Um, no, you haven't seen lines for this, right? Yeah, I haven't seen lines anywhere yet. I have not yet. I was looking at a couple of places, but I had they had not popped up at the time of uh, going to recording. Oh, there's one. Yeah, recording this. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got I got one right now. So I'll I'll give you. Look at how the turntables have turned. Uh, How the turntables have turned. (laughs) The current. Just said how the turn. How the turntables have turned is a new expression. It's a quote from The Office, my friend. Uh, Uh, You got to get a fucking quote. I might have tapped out by that. Uh, was that a later office? Because I, I can't remember what season I ended up tapping out. But Yeah, I think it might have been a later one. I'm not that good. Right. I, do have the, I do have the quotes, but I don't have the season down on all of them yet. So um, all anyway, right. 
Uh, you sure know a lot about TV for a guy who uh, never didn't have TV. I guess you've, you've gorged on TV since you got out of that. In the, the streaming cabin. age, my friend. Yeah, That's now true. you can catch up on all the shit that you didn't get to listen or watch That's when you true. were a kid. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll give you the stats. Dan, I'll give you the numbers when I'm done. All right, let's all right, uh, so break down. The new guy, Jenkins, just stepped in. Dan said he had, had to do some research on him, so I'm thinking Dan may not even know about this guy. But no, he probably does. He fought in LFA. He fought in PFL. Um, he's a human highlight reel. His last fight actually was a highlight reel. He won via flying knee KO in PFL. That was just three weeks ago. So he's taking this on very short notice. Like We're recording this Wednesday evening, and the fight was just announced a few hours ago. Um, as a pro, he's 14-6 with nine knockouts, three submissions. Uh, he's won two straight fights. He's three inches taller than Rong, and he's got one inch reach. As for Rong, 17-4, 11 knockouts, four submissions. So good chance we're going to get a, a finish here, perhaps. Both the guys are finishers. He's lost by submission three times himself, so three of his four losses have come via submission. He's only won the UFC. He's nine years younger than Jenkins. Um, what kind of lines we got here, Dan? Or- so I'm seeing right now uh, the opening lines. You can get them on five. Oops, sorry, I'm not supposed to say the names of places, right? Um, not the- unless they pay us. Only once they pay us, we say. So <laughs> one of the books that might exist, and I hopefully didn't give it away with the, the leading word there, uh, doesn't pay is... Us. Is giving us Zoo Rong at negative three fifty. Brandon Jenkins, the late replacement, plus two sixty on the comeback. All right, tell tell us what you did. You actually have to do lots of research on Jenkins, or do you remember him from his various various performances in semi big promotions? I had to remind myself who he was because uh, when I first uh, heard his name, and they were like, "Oh, they signed uh, Jenkins over from PFL." For some reason, I thought Bubba Jenkins. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, exactly. shit, that is a crazy good late second replacement. And then it, I realized it said Brandon, and I'm like, is that Bubba Jenkins' real first name? Because it can't be Bubba, right? Like, <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. Jim Miller's got – Jim Miller has a weird middle name, so you never know. I think his name is actually Bubba, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, that's amazing. Like, it, it might actually be that. So, anyway – uh, so it took me a second to realize who he was, and then somebody was like, oh, it's the guy who hit the switch kick knee? Because I don't know if you saw that, like, jumping knee that he knocked him out with. It was actually, like, a modified switch kick that landed with a knee um, on – oh, the guy was in the UFC, too. What was his name? Yeah, um, um, Jacob Kilburn. Yeah. Uh, Jacob yes. Kilburn, who, uh, who had been on Top Turtle, so I should have remembered his name. So That's then why I he got back, switch knee knocked out. Yeah, so I went back and uh, I looked at a few more of his fights just the. See if that was, in, can, you know, kind of the norm for his style. And, man, is it the norm for his style? It, the, the nickname, the human highlight reel, maybe doesn't even do him justice. Everything he throws is spinning. Uh, he looks like he's going to spin or jump at pretty much every moment of every fight. Um, and, and for that reason, he's kind of hard to, to figure out whether or not yeah. he is good or not. Um, he's weird, that's for sure. I was high on Zurong before he came to the UFC. I like thought he was going to make a really good debut. Look yeah, kind of tentative in his first fight. It wasn't really great. Um, I, I have faith that maybe the octagon jitters are gone. It's going to be less people watching him this time because he he re- originally was in like one of those packed arenas in Florida or something like that. Yeah. I thought Dakota Bush was a terrible matchup for him because if Bush came in and like put him up against the cage and wrestled him up, I think. I think Rong would have had a lot of trouble with that. But this guy who's just going to kind of like flail far away from him, that, I, I think that's actually kind of built for Rong because it's going to let Rong have the openings he wants and he could probably stay safe relatively easy 
Um, because not for anything, I, I think the, the Jenkins punches and kicks kind of telegraphed. You can kind of see him spinning coming. Um, yeah. So e- even at negative 330 with not a lot of good feeling about uh, uh, Jenkins at this point, I- I'm still going to take Zubrong. Yeah, same with me. I was going to take I, – I had Bush penciled in but uh, to beat wrong, but sadly we lost that fight. Um, all right, moving on because I had a lot of good jokes. So that's why I'm sad about it. <laughs> anyhow, um, Bantamweights, another Bantamweights. Uh, Nate Manis versus Tony Gravely. Um Mayhem Manis is the only nickname we got going here. Mayhem is 13-1 and one with four knockouts, three submissions. He's won both of his UFC fights. He won his last fight via submission. He's won three straight fights overall. He's five inches taller than Gravely. Is it Gravely or Gravely? I think it's, it's Gravely. Gravely. You had it right. You, you had it right. Don't, don't yes. doubt yourself ever. Oh, ever, yes. Never and ever, for sure. All right, five inches taller is Manis. Is Manis or Manis, Dan? It's Manis. You're right. <laughs> Uh, three inch, three inches of reach. He's got the grappling stats in his favor. He's at plus one fifty five. Gravely twenty one and six with nine knockouts, three submissions. He's lost five times via submission uh, himself, so it definitely is his Achilles heel here. Uh, two and one in the UFC. He's won two straight fights after dropping his debut. He won via TKO his last fight. He also won in the Contender Series. He's one and zero there. Striking and active striking stats in his favor minus one ninety five. I will take the better striker in Gravely here. Nice. We get to differ on one, and you're oh, not going to trail me then because you started taking a grappler for one. Of course, you're taking a grappler. Well, I actually think Gravely grapples more than Manis, and I, I think yeah, actually maybe. that's why I like Manis in this fight. It's because, first of all, Manis comes from a wrestling background, but he mostly uses it to keep his feet, and he is actually a much more polished striker than people give credit for. He switches stances a lot when he fights, it really mixes up the looks. And in addition to having good wrestling defense, I think the fact that he changes stances so often messes with other fighters. Um, Gravely's also a very muscly guy. Uh, he's been known to tire as fights go, whereas Manis has a great gas tank. So if Gravely is the one shooting a whole bunch of takedowns, especially if he's not getting much top time and he's having to work hard for those takedowns, I expect him to tire a lot as the fight goes on. And with Manis already kind of having a, a good I mean, like, he puts together good combinations and sort of just builds his punches up as he feels more and more comfortable. I think he's just going to, like, absolutely pour it on gravely as this fight goes. Um, I think he could have success early, but I also think he just absolutely pours it on him as he goes. You're on that Joe Rogan muscles make you tired kick, aren't you? I mean, it's true with Gravely, though. Like, he, he, like you know, not for anything. If you look back at, at his loss in the UFC to Brett Johns, like, that was late in the third round. It was after he had tried to wrestle with Brett Johns nonstop for the whole fight. And, I mean, like, if you go back to, you know, previous fights, too, the loss to Manny Bermudez way back when was kind of like that. Mirab Philly kind of beat him up like that way back in the day. He's only lost to good dudes, but they're good dudes who can wear him out. And I think Nate Manis is kind of in that same kind of ballpark. All right, you go drink your horse to Wormer, and um, we'll move on to the next fight. Do you drink horse to Wormer? I don't know. How do you take that? How do you take I don't know. I've, I've never had – surprising. <laughs> this is going to surprise some listeners, some regular listeners. I've never had a horse. <laughs> really? Yeah. Not even, you, haven't, you haven't found a wild horse roaming in the, uh, in the woods? And, in, in the wildlife in, in, the wild. in Massachusetts? No, exactly. surprisingly, very few horses out here. <sighs> All right. Have you ever tried Mint Mobile, though? Because you should if you haven't. Uh, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? 
But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There's a one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. If you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. Get your To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-G-P, so sport S-G-P. That's mintmobile.com slash sport S-G-P. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month, mintmobile.com slash sport S-G-P. I kind of didn't butcher that one. That was good. Not, yeah, you not so bad. I'm warming up. On the back. I only, only got like two more ad reads to go, too. I'm, I'm just getting warmed up, though. Women's Bantamweight. Let's talk about that, shall we? Um, Penny, Kayanzad versus Rocky Raquel Pennington. So we got Rocky Pennington, Bonsai Kayanzad. I'm going with Bonsai all day, every day. Yeah, that's a, that's a good nickname. Bonsai Kayanzad is fun to say. Yeah, too. it's a great, great name to say. 15-5, and five, she is, uh, with three knockouts. Four and two in the UFC, over two stints. She, what, just got one fight, I think, off? She lost her debut, and then they cut her, I believe, after uh, winning, going 2-0 on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, she has won four straight fights, so she is on a roll. She also fought in Invicta, where she was 2-3. and three. She also fought in Cage Wars, where she was the champion. Um, she's three years younger than Rocky, more active striker, plus 105. Uh, Pennington, 11-8, with one knockout, three submissions. 8-5 and five in the UFC. She is swap win-loss win over her last three fights, so she did win her last one. She's won two of her last three, uh, but they're her only two wins over her last five fights in total. She did. She has missed weight in the past. She was also on the Ultimate Fighter where she was two and one. She also was in Invicta where she's one and two. She's got an inch of reach on Kayanzad. Better grappling stats, minus one thirty. I'm going to go with some underdog money here. I'm going to take Kayanzad at plus one hundred five. Well, we're going to agree on that. Um, I'm also going to go with Kayanzad. I, I think in this fight, it pretty much comes down to. While it's standing and at range, Kianzad is going to light Rocky's face up uh, yep. regularly. Rocky is going to try to close the distance, hold her against the cage, maybe even try to take her down. I think she's going to have some success there. But at the end of every round, you're going to have to ask yourself, are you going to take Rocky Pennington's head getting whipped back seven or eight times with good jabs and good one-twos? Or are you going to take the three minutes that she was holding her against the cage and landed two knees to the inside of Kianzad's leg? And I think the judges are going to weigh the whipping her head back and jacking her face up a little bit more heavily. So I, I just like Peony Kianzad for that reason. I think the success in the striking is going to overcome whatever success that uh, Pennington has in the grappling. And, yeah, like you said, dog money doesn't hurt either. Nope. We will take it. And we're finally hitting the end of our prelims here, our prelim main event. Light heavyweights, Mike Rodriguez versus Tayfun and Chukwi. Uh, we got Slow Mike and the Cameroon Express, uh, or Dadon, also he's known as. Um, I'll take Slow. I'll take Slow Mike because at- you calling athletes Slow is great. Do you don't you don't like Dadon? I like Dadon is good too. All right, Cameroon fine. Express is not good, but I'm gonna go no. with Dadon. All right, let's see if you go with him in the fight. Um, Rodriguez is 11 and six with one no contest, nine knockouts, two submissions. All of his wins have come via finish. He's been submitted himself three times. 
He's two and four with one no contest in the UFC. He's lost his last two fights uh, in the UFC via submission. He's only won one of his last four. He was also in the contender series where he was one and zero. Four inches taller, five inches of reach, plus one hundred five. The Don is five and one with four knockout, four knockouts. Um, so there's a big experience gap here between the two. He's never been finished in a fight. He's one and one in the UFC. Lost his last fight. He was one in all the contender series as well. Um, he's six years younger, more active striker, better grappling stats, minus one thirty. I'll take the Don. Oh, good. We're gonna get another difference here then. Oh, you're I'm taking slow take, Mike, are you? I'm gonna take slow Mike Rodriguez. I, I think here a couple of things. First of all. Chukwe's gas tank is not good. It's really bad. Um, you and your he, gas tanks. But, but I mean, like, dude, in a light heavyweight fight where you're looking at a guy who's pretty much made his whole career out of knocking people out, right? Yeah. He made it into the second round barely twice. And apart from that, the dude has never been deep into a fight, except for his last two, where he failed to knock out Jamie Pickett and wound up in a competitive fight by the third round. That's right, Jamie Pickett, the same guy who got beat on the Contender Series like a hundred times, took him into a third round and arguably was probably getting the better of him as the fight went on. Then he fights Jung Young Park and is so tired at the end of that fight that he continues to concede the same exact takedown 150 straight times because he's just too tired to do anything about it. Like, there's gas tanks that you can question, and there's ones that are bad, and Chukwes is bad. So then you take both of those things into consideration, that he's knocked out crappy guys in the regional circuit, guys who make mistakes, and now he has to step in with real fighters in the UFC, and he's not able to land his big blow anymore. And he's also going to be standing 100 million miles away from Mike Rodriguez, who, while the numbers may not say that the difference is, is all that much, I mean, like, Rodriguez is 82 and a half inches of reach. He's 77. That's five and a half. It's going to feel like more than that, too, because Rodriguez has got incredibly long legs and he uses them. It's going to be so hard for, for Chukwe to get close enough to Rodriguez to land that big bomb, which means he's going to have to outpoint him. And, like, do you think he's going to outpoint Mike Rodriguez? I don't. So, for those reasons, I think Mike Rodriguez is a great pick here, and I actually think he could probably get a finish late if this goes late. That's another one of the props I'm tracking. I don't like my pick. I hate that you make me feel bad about it, Dan. But I like I like when you it. go in hard on a pick right when uh, you make it too, because then yeah. I know you're not going to change it. No, I, I can't now. I can't. Uh, all right. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I'll uh, hopefully Dadon comes through for me. You know, you know who always comes through for us, Dan? Odds Crowd. They always come through. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? The folks at Odds Crowd are challenging you to prove it this football season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Each week of the season, there is a $350 NFL contest and a $250 contest. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us, too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick trading app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And OddsCrowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private Fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. And if you haven't already, make sure you download the SGPN app. Of course, we are now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. It gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, news, articles, promos, everything you need. You get a notification every time a MMA gambling podcast episode drops. Make sure you are uh, download the app and review it and all that good stuff, please and thank you. All right. 
odds are um, prelims are done, ad reads are done. Let's power through with the main card, which, like I said uh, earlier, hours and hours ago, it's going to be starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. Middleweights. Joaquin Buckley versus Antonio Arroyo. We got new Mansa is Buckley and Arroyo is nothing. So obviously Buckley wins the nickname game. Arroyo, nine and four with four knockouts, four submissions, 0 and two in the UFC, two and all in the contender series, five inches taller than Buckley. Grappling stats in his favor, plus one sixty five. Buckley is twelve and four with nine knockouts. He's been knocked out himself three times. He's two and two in the UFC. He got knocked out himself his last fight. He also was in Bellator who was three and two. He's three inches taller, five years younger, more active striker, minus 210. Now I'm scared to make my picks before Dan because he'll mock me. So, Dan, who you got in this one? No, 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 go ahead and, go ahead and do it. Buckley. Yeah, I'm going with Buckley, too. Yeah, that's, that's You're not the taking right the grappler, player. really. No, I'm not <laughs> taking the grappler here, mostly because he's shown against a couple of people who have decent grappling defense that he's not really all that great of a grappler. Um, you know, Darren Wynn kind of had his way with him in uh, – before that, Andre Muniz, and, like, Muniz is really good, but, like, I don't know. I, I haven't been really impressed with Darren Wynn yet so far in his career. So, you know, like, that gives me a pause. If you're a grappler who has trouble grappling against some people, there's obviously reason to be worried there. Also, not for anything, Buckley's got 100% takedown defense in his career. He has taken – he has yep. stuffed every single takedown that people have shot his way. And, granted, it hasn't been a lot, but he did stop – um who is it? The one that he stopped was it? Was it Jordan Wright? The the freaking ninja? Yeah, the the Beverly, the Beverly Hills, Hills ninja? ninja. He stopped the Beverly Hills ninja. Uh, Who Dan hates. That's one of your guys. Yeah. That you well, hate. Plus, plus Buckley knocked out the Beverly Hills ninja. So you know, he I did. gotta I gotta throw some props up to him and pick him for the rest yep. of his life. So, uh, so he stuffs takedowns. You know, granted, not maybe not ones of people Antonio Arroyo's level, but also like. I do believe in his striking. It didn't look awful against uh, Kevin Holland. He's creative. He uses the leg kicks. Yeah, I, I just think I'm going to go with Buckley's striking here. He believes in you, Buckley. He believes in your striking. And so do I. Um, all right, moving on to a guy who we mentioned on our the aforementioned uh, Best Fighters 25 and Under, which was podcast seven last podcast, which was 72, if you want to hear that episode. That would be Armin Tiz- Zarukian, Zarukian, that's who it is, versus Christos Giagos, who I've been tipped off that Giagos is on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week, Dan's other podcast, and actually, I was going to say um, that makes means he's going to lose, but I think we decided the jinx is over, so who knows? Yeah, I think the, um, I, I think, think the jinx is over, regardless. but, but tip him yeah, I, hand here. Um, I think the jinx is over, Spartans, but I don't Yag- think that's going to save him. <laughs> that's not no. going to save him. Tell me, um, tell me Armin's nickname, Dan. Armand Sakurian, nickname. It's Sakurian, by the way. Um, I know you got to like. Um, I don't think I know his nickname off the top of my head. Ahalkalakites. A h a l k a l a k k e t s. So, yeah, that's his nickname. You you Um, almost had it there. Almost, yeah, almost nailed it. Um, that's like a Greek sounding nickname. He's not Greek though. Um. Let's go Giagos first. Uh, 19 and 8, seven knockouts, four submissions. He's been subbed himself four times. Five and four in the UFC, over two shots. Um, he's won his last two fights, though, and four of his last five. So he's on a roll. So they fed him to a monster here. Um, he won via submission his last fight, three inches taller. Minus, uh, sorry, plus 500 if you want to take him. Um, 
Ironman is 16-2 with five knockouts, five submissions, three and one in the UFC. He's won three straight fights after dropping his debut to Islam Makashev, which was talking about, you were talking earlier about impossible debuts. How, how's that for a debut? That's brutal. And, and actually, yeah. the next three fights for him weren't any less brutal yeah. either. How, how old was he when he debuted, too? Probably was like 20 or something? Uh, if it was 2019, that would have, I think it would have been 22. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, what else can I tell you about him? He has missed weight in the past. Uh, he's got an inch of height, six years younger than Giagos. Striking and active striking stats in his favor is minus 800. I'll take him. I'm not, I'm not going to throw any real money at minus 800, but I'll take him to win. Yeah, it's, it, it's unfortunate that he's that big of a favorite, but it makes perfect sense. Look, Giagos looks really good in his wrestling lately, and he's just going to be completely outmatched here. Uh, I like Christos quite a bit. Like I said, I interviewed him a few times. He's really nice. He moved to Sanford MMA. That's a great move for his career. He's won four yeah. out of five. He's just not going to be in the same ballpark of wrestling as Armand Sakurian. I expect Sakurian to take him down whenever he wants um, and probably win a decision here. Did you tell him all this when you interviewed him? I, I don't. I tend, to, uh, <laughs> I tend not to mention it to fighters when I'm going to pick against them, um, if I can help it. Uh, and then hopefully they don't listen to every single podcast I record. Yes. Hopefully not. I, who, who would do that anyway? Only true losers would listen to all your podcasts, Dan. Actually, you I guess like, I, technically, I technically don't listen because I don't yeah, listen to this one. Yeah, you don't listen to this one. Yeah, you don't listen to this one because you can't stand to listen no. back to it. So uh, exactly. you, don't, you don't listen to all my podcasts. You're, you're not a loser. All right. <laughs> Whew. Thank God. I was worried there. All right. Uh, you know how else aren't losers? The next two fighters, maybe. They, well, one of them will be a loser come Saturday. Uh, women's flyweight. Ariana Lipsky, Mandy Bohm. Um, did I say her name right? Did I say Monster Bohm's name right? I think it's Bohm, but there's a grappler yeah. who has the same name, and it said Bame, which is uh, oh, yeah. really she weird. She does have an accent over the, uh, over the O. Is it, is it a, it's, an, it's an umlaut. That's, that's she called. has a Motley Crue umlaut, yes. Um, um, but, yeah, I think it's Bohm, but I, I, I can't right. be sure. Uh, she's the monster, and she's going against the Queen of Violence. Queen of Violence is my pick, obviously. It's a great nickname. Of course. All right, this one's pretty much a pick on the board. We had some some big odds there, but we're back down to the super close, uh, super close, razor thin odds. Um, however, you say Mandy's name. She's seven and zero with one no contest, two knockouts, two submissions. This will be her debut in the UFC. She fought in Bellator, where she won her only fight. She's got three inches of reach. She's at minus one hundred five. So she's a slight underdog here. The Queen of Violence, uh, Lipsky's 13 and 7 with six knockouts, three submissions. She's been knocked out herself three times. Two and four in the UFC. She got TKO'd in her last two fights. Not good. She was the KSW champion over in Europe before the UFC. Um, five years younger, minus 120. Do I have to pick first again, Dan? Do you make me pick first every time now? I'd love it if you pick first on this one. I'll Lipsky. pick first on the last. I- I'm going to go Lipsky too. Yeah, I, okay. I think. I think there's a lot of hype surrounding Mandy Bohm. Um, yep. Mostly just that she's like undefeated. She's German, which we don't have a lot of German fighters. Uh, you know, the yeah. win on Bellator looked really nice. But I also know the woman she fought in, in Bellator. Her name's Greet Eckhaus. She's from Belgium. Uh, actually, her manager is a guy who I've done work with in the past. Really nice dude, too. Uh, I like Eckhaus, but like she's like a, probably a step or two behind where she would need to be to get to the UFC. And she mostly just kind of wrestles and, and grinds, and that's good enough to really make Bohm work. 
because Bohm was not like fast enough to move away from her. Uh, and, and that was mostly in rewatching Mandy Bohm's fights. The thing that alarmed me for a fight with Ariane Lipsky is that Lipsky is going to be so much faster than Mandy Bohm, like so much faster. And I, I kind of expect both of these two to want to strike and nobody to want to grapple. But, like, if Bohm doesn't, she's just going to get lit up with elbows and knees and kicks and in combinations that, like, she doesn't even see the first one coming, never mind the second and third. Like, I, I think Lipsky is just going to do whatever she wants on the feet to Bohm here, unfortunately. Yep, Lipsky is the pick. She is the queen of violence, after all, so you, you can't bet against that. All right, we go to our co-main event. Uh, actually, last two fights were both in the totally stacked light heavyweight division of the UFC. Um Jan Kudalaba versus Devin Clark is our co-main event. We got the Hulk for Kudalaba and Brown Bear for Clark. What are you thinking? I like Brown Bear. Yeah, yep, me too. Me too. Um, Especially because right. he doesn't paint himself green uh, when he comes true. to weigh in, and that's uh, a bonus for me. Yeah, and he's been on the podcast, the Top Turtle podcast. He's, so a, he's on the Top Turtle podcast this week. Oh boy. Um, let's see if we will shall pick him or not. Uh, he is 12 and five in the UFC with three knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked in himself twice and submitted three times. So all of his losses have come via finish six and five in the UFC two and one over his last three, though. He did lose via submission his last fight. Uh, he's striking stats in his favor. Plus plus one twenty. uh, the Hulk Kudalaba 15, five and one with one, no contest, 12 knockouts, two submissions, Four, five, and one in the UFC. He is 0 2 and 1 over his last three. He got TKO'd or KO'd over his last two fights. Lights got put out. Um, one inch of height, three years younger, more active striker, better grappling stats, minus 150. Um, the, this and the, and the main event are kind of toss ups for me. I'm leaning Brown Bear here at plus 120. I'll, I'll take, some, take some plus money here, unless you ridicule me, and then maybe I'll change my mind. I don't know that I'm going to ridicule you, but I am going to pick Ian Kudalaba in this fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not real happy about it because I think Kudalaba's an asshole. Um, that, <laughs> You're going to make di- him turn green. Don't say that to him. That's as literally as direct I will be ever as talking about a fighter I dislike. But, like, the pre-weigh-in antics piss me off. Like, you know, grabbing a single collar tie and looking like he's going to throw clinch punches against Dustin Jacoby, who's like – That dude's a saint. He's, like, one of the nicest guys on the planet, and you, like, tried to start a fight with him beforehand. He went for over-underhooks against Magomed Ankilev while Bruce Buffer was announcing. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I hate that about Kudalaba. I also think Kudalaba is a nightmare matchup for Devin Clark based on the grappling aspect and the fact that, like, Devin Clark has a tough time when, when fighters overwhelm him. You know, like, Anthony Smith throwing up that triangle choke and just throwing stuff at him kind of overwhelmed him and tired him out, and, and he, like, didn't know what to do when he was a lot of stuff was thrown at him. Same with when Ryan Spann got at him. Like, Ryan Spann threw a bunch of stuff at him, was threatening him, and he just kind of wilted under that pressure. The, the fights he tends to win are the ones where he's not being pressured quite as much. You know, he beat Mike Rodriguez, who's a guy who takes a feeling out process. He beat Darko Stoizek, who is, you know, notoriously a slow starter and doesn't get off really quick. You beat Daquan Townsend, and Daquan Townsend, again, is a guy who just, like, takes a while to get going and figuring things out. And, like, all of those wins for Devin Clark are good wins, but, like, that that fiery style in the early rounds and chasing a finish in the first, you know, two minutes of a fight, that seems to give Devin Clark problems. Um, and has in the past, and 
That's how Ian Kudalaba fights. That dude just comes at you early in the fight. And if you can weather that storm, that's great. But like you said, Devin Clark has been finished a bunch in the past. You know, he, he was finished by Anthony Smith, who submitted him. Ryan Spann submitted him. Alexander Rachich finished him. Jan Blakovic submitted him. Alex Nicholson finished him. Like, literally, he gets finished in every one of his losses. And most of them are either in the first round or the first part of the second round. So that's when Kudalaba is good. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Kudalaba here. Kudalov is a finisher too. He's all of his wins have become the finisher stuff for one. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, switching. I didn't. I only penciled Clark in, so I'm not really flip flopping. But yeah, <laughs> Kudalov is the pick based on pressure and his insane um, aggressiveness. His insane um, brain. Because that's what yeah, his insane brain. brain. <laughs> all right, main event light heavyweights. Two guys you just mentioned, um, Anthony. Smith versus Ryan Spans. We got Lionheart Smith, Superman Spam. Span. <laughs> Lionheart doesn't fit Anthony Smith, so I'll take Superman, please. Super, Superman Spam. Superman. I said Spam, yes. That's even better. No, exactly. he's, he's got the tattoo. He's completely he dedicated to the yep. nickname. So. He's gone all in. Yep. Um, he is 19-6, and six, him being Span, uh, with five knockouts, 11 submissions. He's been knocked out himself three times. He's five and one in the UFC. He got TKO. He got a TKO win in his last fight. He was one and one in the Contender Series. He is a former LFA champion. Inch taller, three inches of reach, three years younger. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling stats in his favor. Plus one forty-two. Uh, as for Anthony Smith, thirty-five and sixteen. That's insane. Nineteen knockouts, thirteen submissions. He's been knocked out himself nine times. Submitted four times. He's 10-6 and six in the UFC over two stints. Uh, he's won three of his last five. He's won two straight fights, both via stoppage. He was also a 2-0 in Bellator and 2-2 two two in Strikeforce, minus 180. I'm going to take some underdog money here. Uh, you're not going to make me change my mind here. I'm taking Ryan Spann at plus 142. It'd be hard to make you change your mind while I was agreeing with you. Oh, uh, uh, no. You're yeah. not supposed to agree. Yeah, I know I'm not supposed to, but, uh, I mean, like, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, I really like the length of which Ryan Span fights, I, I think yep. that's really helpful for him. 81 and a half inches of reach is going to probably bring some problems to Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith likes to throw that leg kick. It's really what got him by Jimmy Crew. Um, but I don't think he can really, you know, weaponize that against Ryan Span. The other thing you're missing is the most important piece of analysis we do on just about every fight card. Do you remember what that is? Um, neither of them are Canadian. Uh, that's neither- true. Neither of them are chunky. Um, we didn't have any I, chunky guys from this whole episode no, or any Canadians. So what's or the Canadians, other thing we use just about as much as those two? Uh, whoever moves for No, that's another podcast. Whoever <laughs> moves, moves forward the most. Um, yeah. <laughs> what else? I can't remember. You're missing that Ryan Oh, the Span, podcast. Ryan Spann trains at Fortis MMA. Oh, Fortis. That's the I, big I thought it was Top Turtle. No, yeah, he's not a tough turtle guy, sadly. Uh, but no, he's a four to seven May guy, which means, I, you know, I trust Safe Side to game plan really well against somebody like uh, Anthony Smith. He's going to give Ryan Span all the right places uh, to fight this fight, and and really, I think you know Ryan Span just really needs to stay away from. I mean, dude, the, the guy would be undefeated in the UFC if he didn't. If he actually finished Johnny Walker when he should should have, instead of like running into like a weird failed takedown and eating some elbows and a hammer fist, like he'd be, you know, what, what would he be five and zero or six and zero? It would wins over 
Little Nog, Devin Clark, Sam Alvey, Misha Serkinoff. Like, the guy's got a hell of a run under his belt. So, I mean, he's got a win over million-dollar winner Emiliano Sordi, too, on Contender Series. That's how he got here. So, yeah, I like his all-around game. I love the fact that, you know, he's longer here, and that's clearly going to play in. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Superman as well. And he's only thirty in light heavyweight, so um, he uh, he's got a bright future. Um, so we're both taking him in the main event. We we got some decent numbers. Um, we can make some good money this this weekend. We got some uh, nice underdogs and some and some close lines here. Um, if you want to make more money, what what are props and parlays are we gonna play? So one prop that's probably not crazy exciting for people because you you like when I come at you with like you know big whopping plus five hundred props and stuff like that. I'm gonna give you a yep. negative one twenty prop that I'm excited about, and that's Armand Sakurian wins by decision. The guy hasn't been a finisher in the UFC, uh, and even outside the UFC, not a terribly great finisher. Uh, but him betting off at decision is negative one twenty. So you're taking a guy who's betting off at like negative 800 in some sports books and you're getting them at negative 120 and the way he's most likely to win. I, I really like that play. Um, so I'm all over that one. I would also say I really like Aaron Blanchfield to win by submission over Sarah Alper. Um, if you look for those numbers, you can get her at plus 450, um, kind of because people are a little bit hesitant to pick somebody who's only got a couple of submissions to win by submission. But yeah, I like Blanchfield to submit Sarah Alper at plus 450. Um, and I'm also going to take um, – who's the one I said before? I like Mike Rodriguez by late finish here. And Mike Rodriguez, uh, he, you know, he's he's not going to win by submission. But if you got him by KO, you can get him at plus 330 for KO. So I don't mind that. I don't know. Are there any other ones I like? Oh, I guess I like Gustavo Lopez by knockout too. I know you're you're all in on Haile Alatang. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I'll take uh, – Gustavo Lopez winning by KO is uh, something that's kind of interesting. You can get that at plus 700, uh, which is – that's really nice. So, yeah. Very um, nice. Yeah, let's, let's, any, let's, let's ride with that. Any parlays that you want to throw out there? Yeah, let's put together a parlay using the ones I'm the most sure of. So, uh, if I'm putting together a list of fights I'm the most sure of that have, you know, odds worth playing, I really like Ariane Lipsky. Um, so she's betting off yep. at like negative 120. That that to me is a really easy one to start off with. Um, let's see, who else do I really love? Um, we can throw Blanchfield in there. Negative 350 is not the worst number there. Um, let's take Ipa, Ipa Kasangane, and Emily Whitmire to beat Hannah Goldie. That'll get you to plus 660 um, for Lipsky, Blanchfield, Whitmire, three uh, three women's fights there, and add in Impa Kasangane. There you go. Awesome. All right. You want to pick your lock first this week? Since we yeah. both suck at locks now, but I'll let you go first since you're, you uh, suck even uh, worse. Lipsky. It, it's Lipsky? Lipsky? Okay. Yeah, Lipsky I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Blanchfield. Even, I don't care if it's a big line. I'll take her regardless. So both going with women – they're both flyweight, right? Women's flyweight. Uh, yes. Lipsky is Lipsky. no. They're they're both they're both. Oh yes, flyweights. Yes, you're correct. Yes. All right. There we go. You're locked, and we finally made it through all 15 fights. So uh, I don't care if there's anything else to talk about. We've talked long enough. <laughs> we, can, we can speak again on Sunday, shall we? Um, so Sunday we will recap how amazing we did with our picks. Um, uh, and uh, I'll be bragging about Tefan and Chukwi, how he knocked out slow Mike Rodriguez. Um, and we will preview another week of Dana White's Contender Series, where the real money is to be made, apparently. That's where uh, everyone seems to be making the real money. 
Um, in the meantime, make sure you read all our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I'll have write-ups on this week's UFC um, coming in over the next couple of days. And Dan, every Monday, posts a article on all his contender, Dana White contender picks. Plus, oh, we've got football, if you're into that football thing that people seem to like. Um, all the sports we got covered there. We're going to ro- start rolling out our NBA previews very soon because that season's rolling along too. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast, our actual feed, uh, so you can get this podcast right when it's out of the oven uh, rather than having to wait a day or two before it shows up in the SGPN feed. So do that. Uh, read MMA-Manifesto.com, which is the MMA site I run and Dan writes for. Uh, you can enter our free pick'em contest there, and you can win $50 gift card to anywhere you like in the world. Um, and listen to Dan's podcast, Prelim Primer, where he uh, makes all the prelim picks with a, another with a co-host, a uh, special guest every week, and then his Top Turtle May podcast, where he interviews fighters and tries not to jinx them and makes some picks as well. Um, I think. Oh, and follow us on Twitter, of course. I'm still creeping towards a thousand followers, so keep, come on, people. Get uh, if you have a bunch of bot accounts, uh, make sure they all follow me. That would be Jeff Fox Writer, W R I T E R, and he would be Gumby Vreeland. Um, I guess that's it. You have anything else to say for yourself, Gumby? Or no, do you want to take this one? You you nailed that. You can you can take this one home. All right, uh, I'm I'm Shock Juice Jeff Fox, and this train is rolling on choo choo down the tracks or something, and we'll see you on Sunday. And he was Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and thank you for listening, and bye.